Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Hey everybody, welcome to New Beginnings Weekend Online Church Experience. We're so glad that you're here, that you can connect with us. And I want to jump right into this message because I believe this is one that is so timely and so just uh, relevant to the season that we're in right now. And there's so much turmoil, there's so much upheaval, there's so much movement going on. There's so much trying to grab our attention and trying to get us to the place of being completely obsessed and focused on some of the things that are pretty negative in our world. So I saw, very recently, I saw a post that really just jumped out at me and got my attention. And this is what it said. Don't let what you see make you forget what he said. I'm going to say that again. Don't let what you see make you forget what he said. And why did it grab my attention so, so, so just uh, powerfully and just, just jumped out at me? because it is so easy for this to actually happen in our life. So much is changing around this. There's so much uh, unsettledness uh, that it's actually causing people to become anxious. And um, if we're not careful, and if we don't guard our hearts, and if we're not very much alert and aware to what we are seeing and what we're hearing, this stuff can hijack your heart. It can get you to the place where you forget what God has planned for your life. You begin to forget that there's a God that actually knows everything that's going on and knew this before the creation of the universe, knew that 2020 was going to come and it was going to be a year like many of us have never experienced in our lives. And so if we're not careful, we can allow the things that are being hoisted upon us, just thrown at us, to redirect our heart away from God's plan for our lives. Uh, let me give you this as an example. In, in the book of Genesis, Joseph is sold into slavery by his brothers. He's elevated to the second in command of the most powerful men in Egypt. One of the men who was answerable to Pharaoh himself. Joseph becomes the head of this man's household. He's then accused falsely of rape, thrown into prison where he's forgotten about for many, many years. Finally, because of his faithfulness to God, never allowed the circumstance to speak so loud that he forgot what God said to him. Because of that faithfulness, Joseph ends up becoming the second in command of all of Egypt, the most powerful empire in the world up until that time of history. He is now his former master's boss. Every negative, every negative circumstance that was thrown at Joseph was supposed to serve the purpose to get him off, to give up, to walk away from that which God had spoken to him many years before. You see, Joseph had a dream. And anytime you mention Joseph in the, in the Old Testament, we think about that dream that he had. Joseph had a dream. In a dream, he saw himself ruling over many, being elevated to a position of authority. But in spite of the overwhelming circumstances that were coming against him, it was, in spite of all the grief, the pain, the disappointment, Joseph 
His presence in Egypt is responsible for not only saving his family from famine, but he's also responsible for saving an an entire empire, an entire nation. Joseph states himself in Genesis, recorded for us in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Joseph's brothers, I'm paraphrasing this, intended to harm Joseph, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Joseph, many years later, realizes, man, I had a tough life. My brother's throw me in a pit. I'm sold into slavery. I'm sold into a man's house who, because of my faithfulness, he's elevated into this position of authority over the man's, everything that he had. He's thinking about all the things he went through, the times he was falsely accused of rape, thrown into prison, forgotten about by those who promised to help him get out. And he realizes after all of this, 15, 20 years that went by, all of a sudden he realizes, wow, what my brothers meant for harm, God turned it around for good. If Joseph had allowed himself to be discouraged by all those setbacks, by all that negativity, by all the disappointments, if he would have allowed himself to forget what God had said to him in that dream, he would have never been able to be used by God to save his entire family so that the descendants of Abraham would increase upon the earth. Paul wrote this to the Roman church, Romans chapter 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And if I could say it this way, when we endure sufferings, when we endure the disappointments, when we endure hardship, we set ourselves up to be used by God to not only have the glory of God be revealed to us, but because of the endurance, the glory of God gets to be revealed through us to others. On the weekend of March of 15, 2020, everything changed. That was the weekend that we found out that lockdown was going to come into effect. And suddenly every one of our lives went on hold. Most of us went into this wait and see mode. Well, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see next week. Let's wait and see next month. Let's wait and see what happens in the future. Job promotions, careers went on hold. All of a sudden, security was replaced with furlough. Everybody's talking about being furloughed, laid off. Relationships even went on hold. They went into a wait and see mode. The fear of being contagious caused isolation to take place between individuals like never before. We had here in the church at least two wedding ceremonies that were postponed, literally put off. Let's wait and see what happens. Everything seemed like it ground to a halt. People were afraid to come out of their homes. Traffic disappeared on the roads and on the highways. Now it's time to take action. Now it's time to recognize the danger of being moved by what we see. In other words, we're in danger of letting what we've seen cause us to forget what he said. And it's time to remind ourselves of his faithfulness. You know, Abram had similar challenges in his life. You know, we speak a lot about Abraham because he is, according to the scriptures, the father of all those who walk in faith. Galatians chapter 3 verse 7 says this, Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. God promised him great blessings. He promised him a great blessing. He promised him famous name. He promised him abundant wealth. He promised him protection. He promised him descendants that would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. 
God promised him a son. Yet 25 years goes by between the time of the promise and the time of the fulfillment. 25 years went by. In between the promise and the fulfillment, famine hits Canaan. Abram has to go to Egypt where he gets embroiled in a whole soap opera. Strife ends up breaking out between Abraham and Lot, his nephew. Abraham has to fight a war with five kings and all he has at his disposal is 318 of his own servants. He makes a big mistake during those 25 years. He makes a big mistake getting Sarah's maidservant pregnant, which was Sarah's idea. And the Middle East is still paying for that mistake today. During that time, God decides that it's time for Sodom and Gomorrah to be destroyed. And so we see all these things happening. My point is, a lot of life went on during the time of the promise and the fulfillment. It could have been very easy for Abraham to forget what God had said to him because the circumstances around him were speaking and screaming so loud. And to quote our very own Corey O'Neill, in uncertain times, two voices are competing for your attention. The voice of God's promise and the voice of life's circumstances. David had many opportunities to feel overwhelmed. God had spoken that he would be king over Israel, and not only that he would be king over Israel, but that David's throne and of his reign would last forever, that God promised David that he would always have one of his descendants upon the throne of Israel. And we're waiting to see the final fulfillment of that promise when Jesus Christ, the Messiah of Israel, returns to this earth and sets up his kingdom in Jerusalem, thus fulfilling that promise to David. But David had many opportunities to feel overwhelmed. God had spoken. God made a promise. But we see this. We see in his early life how David was completely undervalued, how he was disrespected, treated with contempt. When God told Samuel, the prophet of Israel, to go to the house of Jesse, David's father, in Bethlehem, all the brothers were called in for the celebration except for David. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 10, It tells us this, Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? And the answer was, there is still the youngest. He's tending the sheep. He's so um, treated with contempt, so treated with no respect whatsoever, that here the prophet of Israel comes to their house And David's not even called in from the field. Think about this. Even after he defeats Goliath, now he's got to contend with a jealous father-in-law. He spends the next 10 to 15 years fleeing from King Saul, who's determined to kill him. At one point, David has to take shelter with his old enemies, the Philistines. And while he and his men are out on a raiding party, their families are kidnapped and their village is burned to the ground. The circumstances were screaming so loud, it would have been very easy for David to forget what God had said to him. But David learned how to encourage himself in the Lord. Psalm 42, verse 5. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior 
and my God. This is something that you and I need to employ. You and I need to put into practice because many of us, if not all of us, have circumstances screaming very loudly in our face. Circumstances that are direct opposite of the things that God had shown us and God had spoken to us. And if we're not careful, we will allow what we see to forget what he said. Eventually, Saul is killed in a battle with the Amalekites and David finally ascends to the throne only to have his, one of his sons try to seize the throne from him. Finally, David is made king over Israel and then he falls into adultery and commits murder. Yet with all his failures and sin, he still knew to trust God apart from all the circumstances Later on, he would write in Psalm 27, verse 13, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Verse 14 goes on to say, Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. But perhaps there's no greater example of the danger of letting what you see make you forget what he said than the Israelites themselves. God had promised them long before they left Egypt that he was going to give them a land that flowed with milk and honey. In other words, he was giving them a very prosperous land, a land like the Garden of Eden, a land where they wouldn't have to work like they did in Egypt. They wouldn't have to be slaves. They would have all that they needed. They could see their children grow before their eyes. They could see their needs met, and they would be able to glorify God and worship God freely. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, <clears throat> the Lord speaking to Moses said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Now look at this. And to bring them up from that land to a good and large land a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, now pay attention to this. To the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. In other words, there are other people that are there right now, but you will dispossess them because that land belongs to you. On their way to the promised land, God reminds the people again and again, if you study through all those books of, of Moses, you will see this theme continuously. I'm going to just give you one in Deuteronomy 6, verse 10. So shall it be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he had swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a large land and beautiful cities which you did not build. Now he expands on the vision. He expands on the promise. He's reminding them, forget what I've said that I have for you. He said, I'm going to give you beautiful cities which you didn't build, houses full of good things which you did not fill, hewn out wells, in other words, carved out wells which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. And when you have eaten and are full, beware, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. They knew exactly what he had promised. He never said there wouldn't be circumstances. He never said there wouldn't be enemies. He never said there wouldn't be things to distract him. He never said there wouldn't be obstacles. But he said this, I am bringing you to a place that I have prepared for you, that you didn't have to lift a finger for. 
All I need you to do is to walk in it and take possession of it. Trust me, trust me. And then we come to Numbers chapter 13, starting in verse one. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan. They had just come to the very borders of the promised land. And God gives instruction to Moses. I want you to send some men. I want them to go spy out the land, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. One person out of every tribe was to go there. And the intention was this, for them to see that the land was exactly as God had promised them. They went into Canaan, they spied out the land, and indeed, it was just as God had said. We skip down to verse 23. Then they came to the valley of Eshcol, where they cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes and carried it between the two of them on a pole. He said, I'm bringing to a land that flows with milk and honey, a land that is just like beyond time, a land that where the fruit is growing so luxurious and so so wonderfully and so gigantic that one cluster of grapes had to be carried on a pole between two men. Then they also brought some of the pomegranates and the figs. And the place was called the Valley of Eshcol because one of the clusters which the men of Israel cut down and they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. They spent 40 days seeing that the land was exactly like God said it was. Now they departed and came back to Moses, verse 26. They departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him, and he said, and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. In other words, this is the proof of it. It's exactly the way God said it was. And then verse 28 hits. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, which are the giants. The Amalekites dwell in the land in the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Why was this a surprise? God already told them, I'm sending you to that land, but all these tribes are there. He said, I'm going to give you cities, big walled cities that you didn't build. Houses that you didn't fill, vineyards and, 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 and olive trees that you didn't plant. They're all there waiting for you. What did they do? They allowed the circumstances to cause them to forget what God had said. They literally said exactly what he said, but they put it in the perspective, we can't do this. The promise became a circumstance because they forgot what God had said. It was just as God had told them back in Egypt. And he told them all those nations were there. But he also told them, I'm giving that land to you. Sometimes we, we get overwhelmed by circumstances and we forget, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Yeah, there's circumstances here, but greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I have the greater one in me. I have the promise of the greater one in me. I have him on my side. If God is for me, who can be against me? What difference does it make that there's circumstances? What difference does it make that there's obstacles? 
If there was no circumstances, no obstacle, there's no reason to trust God. If there's never any hardship, if there's never any turmoil, if there's never any challenges, why would we need faith? The land was already theirs, but they allowed the circumstances to speak loudly, and they began to forget what God had said. Verse 30, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Thank God for Caleb. Thank God for Joshua. But even those two voices were not enough to turn the situation around. Verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. God never told them that. And surely they did not see that actually happening. But when you allow the circumstances to speak so loud, they will affect your ability. They will affect your faith. They will affect your vision for the future. They will even affect the way you see God. And you will begin to try to justify your inactivity and your unwillingness to move forward. And you will fantasize in your mind about how bad things are to excuse the fact that you won't take any action. And then they come to this sad conclusion. I'll start again. The land which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. When you allow circumstances to begin to dictate who you are, you have lost the battle. Your enemies will pick up on that the very circumstances themselves will begin to speak so loud that you will forget who you are because you forgot what he said. The circumstance screamed to them. There's giants here. The circumstance screamed to them. You're no match for them. The circumstance shouted, these are really tall walls here. What they saw spoke so loudly, they forgot the promises of God. They forgot what he said. They sealed their doom when they sided with the circumstance instead of reminding themselves of what God had said, that the land was theirs. Let me ask you this question. Are the circumstances of life robbing you of the reality of what God promised you? Are you becoming so preoccupied with your setback that you can't even imagine a comeback? If you are, you need to shake yourself. You need to begin. You need to force yourself to remember the things that God has promised you. Well, I don't know that God's promised me anything specific. Then go find out what he's promised you, generally speaking, in the word of God. Go find out that he promised you an abundant life. Go find out that he promised you a life free from fear. Go find out, go remind yourself that he's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Go remind yourself that you are above only and not beneath. Go remind yourself that you're blessed in the city and you're blessed in the field. Go and remind yourself that you have a God who is for you and not against you. Paul understood these difficulties. He wrote what we call 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, 
is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things that are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Be encouraged. All the things that you see right now with your natural eyes will pass away. What you hold on to with your spiritual eyes and your spiritual ears, what you hold on to that you have gained from the word of God lives and abides forever, according to Jesus' words. I pray that every single one of us that has gotten caught up in this fog of gotten into this mode of let's wait and see, let's wait and see, let's wait and see, let's wait and see. Maybe it'll change. Maybe this will happen. Maybe that'll happen. Let's not do anything right now. Let's stand still right now. Let's not take any action right now. Maybe it's not time to go back to church. Maybe it's not time to get out of the house. Maybe it's not time for this, that, or the other thing. In the meantime, life is going by. Opportunities are being missed. Shake yourself. Circumstances are always going to come. Negative circumstances are always going to come. But you are called to be an overcomer. Overcome. Remind yourself of what he said. Remind yourself of his promises. Hold on to them for dear life. They are powerful. Remember, the things that you're seeing are temporary. They pass. They pass. But the things of God are eternal. And those principles and those promises and that foundation lives and abides forever. I want to pray for every single one of us. Father, in the name of Jesus, I choose this day. Join me. Join me as we pray. I choose this day to remind myself of the promises that you've made. Promises to give me a hope and a future. Promises of abundant life. Abundant in purpose and fulfillment and fruitfulness. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would help me to set my eyes, not on the negative circumstances that are surrounding me, but that I would lift up my eyes unto you. That I would lift up my eyes and, Father, see by faith into the realm that is eternal. I'm not going to be distracted by the circumstances surrounding me. I declare this day that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. In other words, I will see your goodness. I will see your faithfulness. I will see your promises come to pass here and now. I don't have to wait till I get to heaven. I will see them now. I receive this by faith in your name, in your word. And I seal this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. I pray that this message has stirred you up. I pray that you will share this with as many people as possible. Everybody you know needs to hear this message because everybody you know is facing some type of circumstance. Everyone you know needs the word of God. Everyone you know needs to know the love of God, the promises of God, the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. Everyone you know needs to experience the love of Jesus. Everyone you know needs to come into relationship with Jesus. Be bold. Speak to them. Pray for them. Get involved in people's lives that you see are being overwhelmed by all the negativity, overwhelmed by all the fear, overwhelmed by all the insecurity, shaken at their very core, and you have the answer. I pray in the name of Jesus that you lift your eyes up above the circumstance and to grab a hold 
of the character of God, the nature of God, and go and bring that to your family and your friends. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.